Coach Professionals podcast with you. Two rounds now in the books. I am Paulie G. Paul Grzetka with you again this week. The biggest week for trades. It's the ones where the prices are going to go up or down and go quite dramatically. And here to break it all down with me is Peter Hanscom, mate. Like me, you must be in a pretty good mood because like me, your team is on top of the ladder. Yeah, mate, you were projected, hey, the dragons and uh, the tigers <laughs> up the top after two rounds, mate. Well, That's and good, the so. warriors and the knights and oh, as well. I know. <laughs> yes. And uh, poor old Parramatta down the bottom and, yeah, it's, it's a long way to go yet, you know. You, you, don't get your, uh, you don't get your Melbourne Cup winner in front after 100 metres usually, so um, despair uh, not. I, lo- I, lo- I like it. Talking it down, talking it there. down. <laughs> That's it. All right, mate, we've got to get straight into it. Pat Lyons from Coogee Bay Health and Injury Care has been in contact. Um, in regards to the injuries, we had a few this week. Joey Leilua, obviously for the Raiders, getting a scan on his ankle to determine the extent of his injury. Has been named this um, week, but um, Pat's saying probably looking at a week or two off minimum. Um, potentially the Raiders. Michael Oldfield's in their reserves. We'll get to that when we get to the previews, but it could even be a case of moving Whitehead out to the centres. Um, there's a few different options at the moment. They've moved Austin to the bench Caesar to start, so there's some different ways they could go with it. Um, but at the moment, they've named Leilua, but Pat's saying probably won't play. So Charlie Gubb, the other guy out, he injured his groin. groin not named, he'll be out for a little while. Daniel Tupo, that was um, a bad injury, a, a pec injury. Uh, torn pec, tough one to come back from, says Pat, minimum 12 weeks. So big blow there to Daniel Tupo. Gives Reese Robinson a chance. He's been named. Again, we'll go through that a bit later. Mitch Orbison also went off um, for a HII, but has been named via the bench, even though he got several stitches. He was pretty uh, badly cut open. Um, should be right for uh, this week. Jordan Kahu out for the Broncos. Broken jaw. You know, Pat said it in the past. They like to get him back early, but obviously it's a bit of a risk if they get a knock, could redo it. He's thinking six, six weeks um, is probably about right, which I think's what Wayne Bennett said um, would happen, but it could could even be eight. Isaiah Papali, a few of um, you would at least have been looking at him as a cheapie. Um, he ended up going off with his right leg in a brace. He's not in... Um, not in this week. Stephen Kearney did confirm he would miss at least three weeks, but um, Pat saying, look, not a lot of extra info at the moment, just saying, just knowing that that he basically buckled under the weight of a tackle. So we're probably looking at those three weeks minimum, but obviously if you were targeting to bring him in now, um, you're looking elsewhere. We're going to go through trades actually in a moment. And finally, we just have to mention Sam McKendry, not really from a supercoach standpoint, Pete, but just the fact the poor guy, he's suffering his third ACL. Um, you, you know, our best wishes go out to him. That's a horrific blow. Yeah, it is terrible. You know, it doesn't matter who you support in the game. It's unfortunate injuries are part of the game. And, 
you just don't like to see them happen to a player. Remember, it happened to a player over and over again, like it's happened mm-hmm. to the Stanley brothers, and and now to, to Sam McKendrick, three ACLs. It's incredibly bad luck. We just hope that uh, he has a great recovery and that he comes back bigger and better next year. Yeah, and that's a blow for Penrith because they do lack a little bit um, mm. outside their starting middle third players, I think. Um, their depth's going to be tested, that's for sure, in the forwards. Um, a lot of edge players rather than those middle guys. James Fisher-Harris missed six tackles last week. He's been playing a bit of middle, but in, in the past only been an edge player. Those are the injuries for um, Coogee Bay Health and Injury Care. Go on our website. If you live in the eastern suburbs region in Sydney um, and you need a physio, not just for sporting injuries, um, back, neck, um, Pat Specialties, go on our website, get the discount off your first visit. Um, visit him. He's great, and he's going to be providing it. All the injury news and notes um, all through the year, so that's fantastic stuff. The best for round two, Daly Cherry Evans went bananas in that game where Manly just destroyed Parramatta. He topped the round from Roger to Avasashek. I thought Avasashek was just outstanding. He did some ball play. He ran into holes you know, in open space. He looks so dynamic. Um, he's, in his, he's looking as good as he did in his days with the Roosters, that's for sure. Um, big score line there for him J- Jake Dvorovic again in that route you know we had three manly players in the top six he got 115 Tedesco we said Ryan and I on last week's show um, that he would bounce back well 113 that's a pretty good bounce back JT Jonathan Thurston big game for him they didn't win um, but mainly just thanks to the poor old post Jonathan Thurston there 110 points J- Tommy Dvorovic as we said three manly players in the top six you got to have the Dvorovic brothers at the moment going large 95 Kalen Ponga well I guess, how do you find a spot for him? If you've already got him, you're happy. But Tedesco, 113. Tommy, 95. Ponga, 93. All fullback only. We'd love to have all three of them in there. They're the top players for this um, round. As I said at the top of the show, Pete, this really is the round where you've got to be judicious with your trades. You need to use both of them. You need to make sure you get in those guys that are going to go up and potentially get rid of the guys that are going to go down um, we've got some tweets we usually save for the end end of the show but because they're all relevant to this topic Pete I think we'll we'll sort of incorporate that and and um, start with Tipsy McStagger he simply asks reasons to keep Paul Gallon and reasons to sell him um, you know what, what's your thoughts about that a bit of brainstorming around Paul Gallon um, the player and, and also the strategy um, behind you know selling potential keepers or, or how you're thinking of going about it well Paul Gallon we have a look at it this way he's been up the top of his game on the field and you know super coach wise for the last few years he's been one of the top players you know consistently uh, along with Cameron Smith but he's just He's not playing the minutes at the moment that I would expect. I would expect him to, to be playing 80 minutes or maybe 70, give him a 10-minute break yeah. somewhere in the second half. He's playing half 50 like minutes. That. Yeah, it's not, it's not good enough, mate. It's, it's, that's George Negus minutes. Um, <laughs> he's, he's, got to, he's got to play more than that to, to make him his value um, uh, for Supercoach. So, is is uh, Flanagan going to change it back, do you think? I mean, they've lost the, both their first two games. Surely it's related, the fact that they're you know, their leader, inspirational leader, is playing less minutes and they can't buy a win at the moment. Personally, I think that from watching Cronulla's first two games and watching both of them quite closely, I don't think that's the only issue. Um, and right. I do wonder, there's been talk there before as to Flanagan and Gallum um, about, you know, about Gallum's long-term future there as to whether this is his last year or not. 
Um, I don't know. I, I, if someone at the person uh, listener said, you know, I won't get rid of him, I, I couldn't argue against that at the moment. I think that you could find some a lot better value out there, as I said, if you could get someone in like Jake Trebojevic or, you know, there's plenty of others that, you know, are starting to play. Like I looked at, um, for example, Lachlan Fitzgibbon from, from Newcastle. is a lot cheaper and he's starting to play more minutes and as a younger player, I think maybe he might look to play more more and more minutes, whereas Gallon may not increase again. I'd, maybe we have seen the last of Gallon playing 80 minutes. It's hard to knock a champion, but gee, you've got to be realistic. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking at some point his, his minutes have just got to go up. I mean, there's two teams playing this round that basically if, they, if, one, if one of them lose, they're 0-3 in the Sharks and the Eels. So surely if it, it's time. It's not panic stations, but it's not good. If you're Cronulla, you can't afford to leave anything on the table. It's his old junior club, Parramatta. I mean, this is going to be a big game for him. Surely, I mean, we thought that he'd bounce back in local derby against the the Dragons. It didn't happen. You, you We're expecting this time it will. Um, but how goes the strategy, Pete? Because at the moment, we've got him, and obviously it's a new year. There is some um, tweaking I'm trying to do for the predictor in regards to the price costs up and down. We're predicting at this stage he's to lose around about 60000 but make sure you look on the predictor to get those exact figures because they're going to get updated before they go online and may already be updated by the time you're listening to this podcast. But sixty grand, it's a pretty big loss. Obviously, you'll probably get another kick-on loss um, the week after. If you are thinking Gallon's going to bounce back, can you take or weather that storm of losing that much money, or are you looking to downgrade to a couple of um, mid-price players? And, you know, there's some players in his in his position, or if you work him around, obviously most people already own to kick Allen Lodge, but there's guys like Slade Griffin, Fatala Mariner, Jai Arrow, Tavita Pangai, and Robbie Rocco. Although Rocco had a very low score last week, so he won't probably get the double pump the double bump, even Herman SASA, Pete, could you be looking at a couple of these guys upgrading um, one position from a cheapie to that player and downgrading Gallon and still having you know some cash potentially left over? Absolutely. Well, particularly someone like Jay, Jay Arrow or Jai Arrow, um, I think he's I think he's a great option. I think uh, like uh, last round, round two, he scored seventy six points. Um, you know, I think he's he's he'll and he'll play more and more. And I think that uh, I think he's a, a much better option. He's scoring at one point two uh, points per minute. Listen, you don't want to panic and get rid of get, uh, someone like Gallon immediately, but it's just I think we're seeing a little bit of a pattern emerging here. And I, a person, I think it's a better way to go is to is to chop him and get something else that's a little bit better value. Yeah, he's in the top ten for guys likely to go down. So. It's a tough call. I'm not. Either I'm a Paul Gallon owner. Um, at this stage of the game, I'm keeping him. I'm trying to get rid of a couple of my mid-priced guys. I also went in with Josh Addo Carroll in, knowing he was going to play the Tigers twice in the first five rounds. Well, West Tigers look like a different team. Hasn't worked out so far. I really can't afford to drop his sort of money um, either. So I'm thinking smarter to keep Gallon. At least I'm thinking 
even Gallon's floor is still reasonable, obviously not worth his current price, but um, I'm trying to make my money back on Addo Carr. And there are some good players, Peter Hicku's one that comes to mind for me, that I could bring in for Addo Carr, save a bit of money, and then I could upgrade potentially in the halves. So I was very high on Brodie Croft entering the year, what he did last year, what he did in the trials. Um, he can still do it, absolutely. Um, but again, another guy is going to lose some cash here. So, you know, whether it be Gallon or Croft, one of those guys, oh, I think I think they'll both bounce back. But I'm probably not wanting to lose the money on one of those guys. And and um, it'll probably be Croft for mine, just because I think Gallon could bounce back as soon as this week. Whereas for Croft, I think it's easier to be wait and see. So I'm thinking upgrading to a Sean Johnson. Um, in the halves, or Daly Cherry Evans, who's due to really rise, who's kicking goals now, you know, um, could be a, a better option. But if you haven't made those mistakes with a Brodie Croft and a Josh Adokar, thinking, you know, I was thinking Melbourne might start out off the blocks a bit better than they have, then you may be in a position where Paul Gallon's the only guy that um, is holding back your team right now. And a simple swap over, and Tom Malala wasn't great last week, but for mine, when I went into the season, it literally was a toss of the coin, Tomalolo or Gallon. Obviously, I'm wishing now I chose Tomalolo. But even if you were, weren't looking at upgrading, and, and, and we do think upgrading's the way to go if you are to get rid of Gallon. We're not saying 100% you should do that. If you believe that he can get it back, you probably only 37 trades this year. You probably don't want to waste it and then bring him back. But if you're thinking, like Pete's saying, well, his minutes might not change, then sure, you can can move on from him and, and go elsewhere for the remainder of the season. Um, he's probably our biggest name, but there are others that are pretty pretty high-priced also due to go down, and obviously there's some ones that we talked about a bit going into the season, but they've even outdone those um, likelihoods that we'll get to as well. Um, one would be Sam Burgess. Under the radar, asking Sam Burgess, is Sam Burgess's price about to collapse? I believe so. Look, we've got him losing 25000 um, And again, that's at the moment. It might change. I think um, the way that, that we're looking on the site, it could be a bit less than that. He wasn't that high to begin with. I don't, I don't mind copying that 20000 drop, 20000 ish drop. Um, I guess the bigger point of worry, and I've watched um, Souths pretty closely all pre-season and during the season, Pete, is I don't know where this team's going. I mean, to, my, to mine, and I said at the start of the year they were going to be my wooden spoon, and they kind of surprised me in the trials, and then I thought, oh, I'll go Gold Coast instead. But for mine, it, it's still, I think, the Titans, but Souths are going to be right near the bottom, and... It's going to be tough for Sam Burgess this year to keep turning up if the team has very few wins. Yeah, well, he's got a, an extra problem at the moment in that um, that Adam Reynolds is coming to the season with an injury by the seams, but he's played one game and now he's out for another three or four weeks. So I think that could also have an impact on Sam Burgess as well. Um, once again, you don't like to knock a champion. He, he did finish off the season quite part, quite uh, quite poorly last year in uh, Supercoach. So he, he, his position, you know, he, he can't just keep picking these players in Supercoach on reputation. Um, you can have all the big names in there you like, but if they're not performing, then there's no real point to doing that either. Um, for this week, you know, 
But if we have a look at um, at Souths and, and he's what's predicted going on. to do very well this week. He's in sort mm. of the top twenty um, on according to the predictor to score sixty seven. Um, yeah, I just no, it's a good score, and obviously, you know, maybe that's suggesting that Souths will go better than than expected. But for mine, I, I get the Gallon sentiment, but I don't really get the Sam Burgess sentiment. I think you really have to. Mm. I think I think there needs to be a quite an extreme swing before you start trading out keepers. Now, obviously, if you just feel this guy's not going to be up for it. I thought he was. I'm going to get out, but he wasn't that high priced at the start of the year because of the fact that he oh. had some lower than expected games at the end of last year. That brought his price down. So for mine, what you're paying for and what you're getting is about on par right now, or a little bit lower, but almost like good enough because of his upside. And the big worry for me was: is he going to go on an edge and just not see the ball? But he's been playing in the middle. So I'm, I'm just, I feel like, you know, if you're in such a good position where Sam Burgess is the worst part of your lineup, then good luck to you. You probably don't need to make too many changes. You're, you're doing well. Um, I don't see the price drop, and I, I'm pretty sure that we've got him lower than even, you know, Supercoach's website. So I don't, I don't think so, unless you're looking long, unless you're saying in the next five, six weeks. But I. I think his floor is pretty much what we're seeing now. Um, all right. They're not the only ones predicted to go down. Um, Pete Anthony Milford, who had a good game last week, let's be fair, but a big price drop for him. I think you've got to move on from him if you did pick him up. Not highly owned. But I know that there's a few out there that would have would have bought him. I think some of the key experts have predicted for him to do well this year. It hasn't quite worked out. Um, a lot of the other names you probably were already off that are getting big downgrades. The guys like Tim Laffey, um, Valentine Holmes, Greg Inglis. We've sort of seen this trend bucking down Boyd Cordner um, over the course of the last few months when we talked about pre-season you know, we really were saying get off these guys. Obviously, Croft and Adokawa mentioned earlier, they're right up there to lose some of the most. Josh Papali, even Jason Tamalolo, who I said, you know, well, he's he well and compared to Gallon, he's still up there as, as someone that's going to drop a bit. So keep an eye on him. Cameron Smith, there was the talk about going the Damien Cook, Savila Havili double instead of Smith. Maybe right now you're, you're saying that's worked. But obviously Smith against the Cowboys this weekend. McCulloch went very large um, up against North Queensland. So, you know, Smith could do the same. Um, so it's still the jury's out. But at this stage, regardless of how he does this week, he'll probably drop a little bit of cash um, there. And they're probably the biggest names in regards to the losses. So really with the exception of those top few, who most of you don't have anyway, I think I think either it's either the Paul Gallon get rid of or you're just pretty much keeping all your keepers and you're just going to cop a little bit of a, a loss in your salary cap and hope that the guys that are going up are going to um, are going to make up for that. And then you look at guys to go up, Richard Kenner, 80,000, Corey Thompson, the same, Haveli in the high 60s, Ponga, if you owned him, and Cook in the mid-60s, kick out despite the 
poor last game, still 60-odd. And who knows after that, maybe not as much as some of these other guys. Matt Lodge, Lachlan Croker, Peter Hiku are right up there. Two names that are really interesting that are highly priced and due to go up quite a lot again is Tuivasa Shek and Cherry Evans. Pete, we haven't talked about Tuivasa Shek because of the fact fullback is so dominated by those big two, Tommy T and Tedesco, who can only play fullback. And then some of the cheaper value options in guys like Ponga, maybe a Dufty or Edwards. Um, Tuivasa Shek just not, not named, but this guy is playing out of his skin. Well, that's it. You know, we'd all, once again, just forgotten about how good uh, RTS was. Like, he was brilliant at the Roosters. Went to the Warriors, did his, did his crew shoot, I think it was, after a few games. And, you know, had a pretty quiet season last year. But I, mm. I don't know what's happened at the Warriors this year, whether it's Alex uh, Green going over there or what it is. Alex Corvo, phenomenon, mate. He's going everywhere he goes. The, the fitness um, guru, he's just maybe success. Maybe maybe has shaken him up but um, no RTS has been on fire the first couple of rounds and this is what I said 10 minutes ago is that you can't be too blinkered about the players you can't just pick someone yeah sure these players have done well before but you don't in your team you don't want someone who's done well before you want someone who's going to do well now and, and into this season um, and since you can't look to a Vastashek so far he seems to be relishing the, the captaincy role over there and I said, maybe it's just getting a little bit more ball with the combination of um, Johnson and Green. They're saying it's working well. It's uh, with uh, Green taking the pressure off Johnson. It's freeing, freeing him up and yeah, doing uh, maybe doing RTS the world of good. And you, you'd have to, you've got to consider him. He's starting to, he's just really hit his straps just straight out of the blocks uh, this year. Um, just a question in regards to from Goodsey 2008. And I want to talk about Daly Trevins, but I bring this question up. He doesn't mention him, but I want to bring him into that conversation. Moses to Cleary or Widdop. Now, obviously, he's gone in on the whole Paramount. I think they looked great in the last year. They looked great in the preseason against Newcastle. It hasn't happened. Moses, a disaster last week. He's been sinned in both games. I think this is, I think, seven Supercoach points this week just gone. He's getting rid of him. He's saying Cleary or Widdop, two great players. But I've got to put Cherry Evans in with those two and, and let you have at it, basically, or which, which of those three. Because I do think DCE, one of the highest guys to go up, kicking goals manly, looking like they're ready to put points on the board this this year, um, he's got to be in that conversation, but where do you go? Because they're three top quality players. For mine, I think you, like, I watched that game closer between Manly and Parramatta on Sunday. Cherry Evans, like, if rugby league week was still around, would probably get close to a 10 out of 10 for his performance. Yeah, he kicked it uh, off, didn't however, he? He really did. I mean, yeah. the Travoriches were outstanding, but Cherry Evans started that, and once that started, it was on. Yeah, he was he was phenomenal. However, Parramatta's defence was terrible. Um, that's one of the worst team the defensive performances I've seen in a game for quite some time, I have to say. Um, so I would sort of qualify um, Cherry Evans' performance a little bit uh, with the opposition he was up against. Um, he's got 170-odd points total so far this year across two games. He only scored 40-odd against Newcastle in the first week when the game was there to be won. But Manly, Manly couldn't win that game. Um, and he didn't finish off, which he used to, which he has done a lot in the past. He's a great player, but 
Um, if I was the listener, I would be looking much, much more closely at Cleary and Widdop, who have been consistently good in their first two games, not the extreme matter of 33, of course, of DCE, but last year were both very, very good and look really, really good this year. And their teams have started off very well as well. So I'd, I'd be looking at the, those two prior to, uh, ahead of Daly Cherry Evans at the moment. Well, let's look closely at those two then. And Nathan Cleary and Gareth Wood are both goal kickers. I think Cleary's right up there with Ash Taylor. You know, these two young halves that are kind of stepping into their own. I still think Sean Johnson's the number one halfback in the game in regards to super coach, at least from JT. And then Cleary and Taylor are right up there. But Gareth Widdop's the interesting one, Pete, because we probably thought he'd take a step back this year just because of how well he'd done last year, perhaps above expectations. And often we see this happen, you know, the Ryan James effect, one big year, but then back more to what we expect. It hasn't. And I would attribute that, and you would have probably seen more of the Dragons than me, but I would attribute that a lot to Ben Hunt coming there. Just opens up Gareth Widdop to be able to play a bit more of a natural game. He's still kicking the goals, um, and he's got the potential to, to do very well supercoach-wise every single week. Absolutely. He and, um, and Hunter combining a little bit like an old halfback five-back used to, actually passing the ball to each other instead mm-hmm. of this ridiculous thing of playing left and right. Um but, yeah, it has freed up Widdop a lot his passing game. He just looks more relaxed on the field somehow. Um, it's just a thing you've got Hunt calling the shots and uh, in combination with Widdop's. So it's it's working really, really well. And I said, if you have a look at his total points over two rounds, not just one, his, his total points and Cleary's total points are almost, yeah, they're basically neck, neck with Cherry Evans. So um, I like the fact that Yes, I said they haven't scored 133, but geez, a um, an average of 85 after two rounds ain't too bad either. Yeah, speaking of um, Widdop, TVE asks, hey guys, what if I've started with SJ and want to get rid of Gallon to upgrade a half? What are your thoughts on Widdop versus Thurston? So we've sort of, I'm putting Widdop below Thurston. Are you saying maybe bit better, but or still JT, who again came in in a bit of a discount this year, and he got that huge score round two. You always want the big round two score over the big round one score because the three round rolling average, you'll get two upgrades instead of one. Uh, I don't know, are you, you know, are we ranking them Thurston Cleary, Widdop, Thurston Widdop, Cleary, or Widdop, Thurston Cleary? I go Thurston Widdop, Cleary for mine. I think um, I was a little concerned on Mr. Mid about JT after his first game. I didn't think he had the, the greatest game there. His score was reasonable, but, um, you know, he's coming back from a shoulder injury. He's not as quick as he used to be, uh, but, yeah, then he got a great score the other day. So, um, now it looks like the champ's pretty much back. Um, and so I would, I would put JT and a nostril ahead of Whittup at the moment and then Cleary, I think. But, yeah, you, you, you wouldn't be a loser with any of the three of them. Now, there's some more tweets to come, but they're probably best that we preview this week's action before we get to them. Before we move on to previewing um, this round coming up, I just want to go through a few other guys that I think are good trading targets this round. Um, I think Jairo's getting enough minutes for the Gold Coast. He's a hard worker, so his floor's nice and high. He's due to go up over 50000 this week. So I think he's a guy you could definitely look to turn to. I'd probably 
kick him over the likes of a Fatala Mariner or a Viliami Kikau, even though they've got higher ceilings. I like Arrow's floor better and overall, and I'm always preferring middle third players to edge runners because the edge runners can knock back a bit in... In, um, they can have good weeks and bad weeks, and in Kikau's case, when he's not even playing, he's only playing half a game, it's very risky. Um, Slade Griffin, on the other hand, hooker or second row, you could definitely plump for him. He's due to go up almost $60,000. I think he's right up there as a dual position player. And the thing of it is, even when um, Connor Watson's moving into hooker, some of the time Griffin, or with Mitch Barnett's injury last week, Griffin stayed on the field as a lock. So... Plenty to like about him. Tavita Pangai, I thought he was outstanding against North Queensland. We talked about him in the preseason. We were worried. Ryan and I, I think, did that show about his. P- uh, he, we loved his PPMs, but we worried about his game time. Couldn't trust Bennett. Well, now we've seen what's going on there. We can trust him enough. I think he's a definite trade in target this week. Um, probably those three: Griffin, Arrow, and Pangai are my biggest three. Um, Outside of those few that I mentioned right at the, the start of the, the upgraders, if you didn't have a guy like Corey Thompson, Richard Kenner, or um, Matt Lodge, or Peter Hiku, um, you probably do own a lot of those guys, Sevilla Havili. Um, Ponga is due to do well, but again, if you already own two big-name fullbacks, Tedesco, Tarovic come to mind, maybe it's even RTS, you're still probably not wasting a trade, but even though Ponga's going to rise in price... If you plumped with Ponga and one of Tedesco and Draborovic or even RTS, well done. You know, <laughs> you're well done because that was definitely the way to go. He's been outstanding, Ponga. And it's not just his ball running ability. He's a really good playmaker too. He's coming into the line and he's setting up tries. He's just been outstanding. Um, we talked about Connor Watson at the st- at, uh, before the round one game. And we said about how the fact that he's going to get these good matchups early and then it might taper away. So probably too late to bring him in now. Robbie Rocco, similarly, good round one, not so good round two. Probably not looking at him at the moment um, just because of the up and down and, again, playing a lot of edge. I'd rather a guy like Herman S.A.S.A., um, not due to go up quite as much as Rocco, but he'll have that consistency. He's playing good minutes. He's playing in the middle again. And even adding Fenua Blake, but I'd, even though he's due to go slightly higher or slight, to go up slightly more than SSA, I would still put SSA ahead of him. Um, I've, we've got to talk about the Ryan Madison effect, um, but maybe it's best. We do have a tweet about that, so maybe we'll save <laughs> we'll save that one, Pete, till after these guys. But he's on our list to go up quite a bit. But again, edge player, the up and down, there are concerns about um, whether he can basically keep it going. But let's let's go on to our previews now. Storm v. the Cowboys. Well, no changes for Melbourne. Still no Felice Cafusi. The Cowboys bringing Michael Morgan back at 5'8". Cohen Hess starts ahead of Ethan Lowe. I think Hess might end up playing 80 on the edge now and Lowe will become one of those middle third rotation guys. Um, Tamare Martin's back to the bench. Interesting, Pete. A lot of people are tipping that Martin will end up starting and Morgan will play fullback. Ben Hampton was really... Um, well, he had a poor game. He was sort of found out, I thought, at fullback last week. I don't think he'll play there. But well, Ryan and I said in the preseason show for the Cowboys that Martin could easily play fullback. I think he's got the um, abilities. You know, he's probably in some ways he's quite slight of frame. Maybe he's more suited to be in at fullback rather than in the main defensive line. And Morgan, the way he played last year, surely needs to stay in the halves. But um, certainly they could go that way, or Morgan could drop back to fullback and Martin play in the halves. Yeah, well, it's certainly a possibility that 
the Cowboys got a little bit of a problem up there because uh, Lachlan Coote is still out injured. Um, and, yes, yeah, so they need a replacement for him. And Hampton just hasn't really fitted the bill. He's always been one of those players that's been more of a bench player than a starter, I think. And, Tim, um, and young Martin is, is a good player. He's played mainly in the house, but I think he may have had a little bit of fullback experience. And uh, I think he would be skillful enough to handle it. He's got a good running game. He's pretty quick. And uh, I think I'd, uh, I think it's a good idea by Paul Grant to put him there. And, yeah, it might give him another little option to uh, super coach as well, but uh, you know, no, I think it's a, a very good option for the Cowboys. And uh, for the Bulldogs versus the Panthers, Matt Frawley's been dropped. Jeremy Marshall King gets a, a shot at 5'8", so that will be interesting. New Brown on the bench. Adam Elliott also moves back to the bench with Aidan Tolman uh, finally getting a starting role after being a mainstay for years there under Des Hasler. The Panthers, well, they've named Viliame Kikau, but it will be James Fisher-Harris that will start there, I'm pretty sure of it. Um, Moses Leota's the guy that gets a reprieve with Sam McKendry as we said earlier in the show out injured. Also note Tim Brown ruptured a bow in the ISP game so there's some, there's some issues there with Penrith's depth right now. Uh, West Tigers feed the Broncos. Matt Eisenhuth comes in for Elijah Taylor. Not sure what's uh, what's happened with Taylor there. He wasn't on the injury report so so uh, we'll have to follow that up. Josh Alloway is still in the interchange. Michael Cheekham was named there last week, so he'll return. Still no Tumalola Lola here either. For the Broncos, well, Tom Opacic gets the shot with Jordan Kahu out, but Jack Bird has been named as a reserve, so he could end up playing there. Uh, the Raiders v the Warriors. A few changes here, interesting to note. Um, Blake Austin goes back to the bench. Uh, Aiden Caesar starts. We think this could mean Havili gets a few more minutes. That certainly increases the potential for him to have a good day out. The predictor is um, showing that uh, when you have a look at that, that Havili will get extra minutes and therefore is upping his um, predicted score as a result. Joe Tarpany has been named on the reserves. Um, of course, Charlie Gubb out injured. Liam Knight's the guy to replace him. But Tarpany could easily come into the lineup. And someone's got to potentially cover for Joseph Leilua, who's not likely to turn up this round. Whether it's Elliot Whitehead moving out to the centres, Michael Oldfield could play there. Maybe Tarpany um, joins in uh, where Whitehead moves to the centres. Tarpany plays back row. There's a couple of ways they could go. I mean, Hingano's there as well, but you'd think he's more as cover for Havili at hooker. Um, maybe even Blake Austin moving to fullback and Whiten into the centres. I mean, there's a few things they could do, uh, Pete, but uh, the Raiders are struggling right now, and against the Warriors, who lose um, Isaiah Papali, but Lieber Haipulu comes in. That's a pretty good replacement. Ignatius Parsi onto the bench. Jazz Tavega replaces Sam Cook. Um, are playing pretty well. So that's going to be a, a, an interesting one there at Canberra. Um, what what do you make of, of sort of the Raiders at the moment, Pete? Um, they're in the habit they have been the last couple of years of losing, losing a lot of close games. Uh, and they've now lost two games on the top of start of the season against teams, let's be fair, the Titans and the Knights that weren't particularly favoured beginning of the year. And two teams that the, the Raiders, like particularly the the Titans, they had them on toast up there and, and lost it, and then to lose to the Knights at home. Um, I'm sure Ricky would have the whip out this week, and he's made some changes there, but I don't know, they look a little bit too big and less mobile for me than, than maybe they, they should be. Um, I really, you've got to give the Warriors a fantastic chance. This year's version of the Warriors a fantastic chance of winning. 
Um, I haven't checked them yet this year, but geez, with with Johnson going the way he is, and as you said about RTS, he's just in dynamic form. Ugh. <laughs> it's going to be hard to trust your Raiders. I think Rappin played well enough um, last week to trust Croker. Got a big score, but he also got run through. I mean, there's not enough depth there probably to replace him anyway. But defensively, you know, he seems to be a weak, weak link. Um, well, he's been out, hasn't he, since the start of the year? So maybe it's all related to that. Um, South v Manly, um, no Tyrrell for Amono, so Hummel Hunt comes on to the interchange. I guess he's also going to be cover for Greg Inglis, who, of course, um, had a head knock last week, but should be right. Interesting to note Kyle Turner's back by the reserves. Darcy Lussick also comes back by the reserves for Manly, who have obviously made no changes to their starting 17. Surprisingly, Parramatta haven't gone all-out changes. Maroa and Alvaro were late um, movements to the interchange last week. They've been named back to start. Brad Takarangi's out injured anyway, so he can't start. But there is Kenny Edwards who's come back on the interchange bench. So there still could be some changes there to, by Brad Arthur. Kane Evans, Bo Scott also there. Um, Will Smith's been moved to 18th man. Cameron King copped a pretty nasty knock in that game. So maybe Smith's still going to end up as cover. Penny Terrapo has been named in the 21 for the first time this year. So there could be some adjustments there. Parramatta, a real head scratcher and a worry if you own any of them supercoach wise, except for Nathan Brown, we think's pretty safe. His floor still quite decent. Uh, Cronulla, Jesse Ramian. Uh, this will be an interesting cheapy alert. Obviously, you just put him on your watch list because there's other guys to bring in this week and probably next. But if he has two good games, round five, he could be a guy to bring in as a cheapy. The first real um, cheapy watch for the season. Aaron Gray out. Um, Edric Lee has been named as a reserve, so I guess there could be an adjustment there. But you would think Coach Flanning, and if he's going to name a youngster, he's going to play him, um, Pete, I would imagine. At right centre, that, it's a pretty key position with Dugan moving to fullback, of course. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Once again, um, Cronulla got a similar problem with a couple of other clubs, a couple of new players there, and uh, Dugan and Moylan are causing a little bit of, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it'll take them a little while to settle down. I think um, this week might be the week. Um, yeah, it's a big call by Flanagan to bring in the the, uh, the debutant on the wing. Um, but yeah, who knows? It might it might work. It might work a trick for them. I think. Um, um, I'd think the Cronulla would be a pretty decent chance of winning. They've gone very close their first two weeks, and I'd yeah, someone's, I'd someone's going zero and three from two of the two of the big teams. Um, there, there won't it won't be Matt Moylan playing fullback this round because Trent Hodkinson's not been named in the twenty-one. Luke Lewis is back potentially from injury, so he could end up playing there. He's been named instead. Gold Coast v the Dragons. Ash Taylor's back. That's a big boost for them. So Cartwright moves into lock. Will Matthews is joined by Jared Wallace on the interchange bench. There's no Max King, while Keegan Hipgrave goes back to reserve. I still think Hipgrave might end up playing. He was, he's been quite impressive, um, both in the preseason and last week, playing extra minutes with Matthews going down early and not returning. Um, Roberts Davis has again been named as a reserve. I think he's worth just keeping on your watch list still. Quite a cheap bargain who can find his way to the try line. Um, Jeremy Lattimore, the only change, look, he's named 18th man. He'll play 17 with Selle probably dropping back. Uh, the Roosters v the Knights, obviously Tupo out. Interesting to see Reese Robinson named at left wing, but also named um, in the ISP team. So whether that's just a little um, lack of communication or whether Mitch Orbison might play in the in the back line and Manu might move to the wing there. Um, 
there's a few interesting guys named on the on the reserves, Kurt Baptiste and Frank Paul Nuasala. So there's a chance there that the Roosters might do something a bit funny there. Obviously, if Robinson plays, he's a watch. Um, he also has the ability to kick goals probably better than Mitchell or Taukiaho. Dylan Napa has won a starting spot. He played really, really well last week. So Jared Ruria Hargraves moves back to the bench. Newcastle get back Jamie Brewer, so Jacob Safidi will move back to the reserves and Bureau's on the interchange bench. The top predicted scores, according to the predicted Daly Cherubins, again, likely to go large against Souths. Um, obviously, Nathan Cleary had a good game against them last week. Jake Jaborovic also expected to do well. Um, Dylan Edwards is right up there this week. Jonathan Thurston and Sean Johnson will be captain options um, with big predicted scores. Roger Tuovasa-Shek. Aidan Guerra has been in very good form. James Tedesco, Jordan Rappin are right up there and Paul Vaughan as well. So any of those guys, Tommy Draborovich, Damien Cook, could be easily your captains uh, this week. And um, maybe not captain, but good to know a guy like Nathan Brown still predicted to do pretty well. It should be a, a better encounter, Parramatta against Cronulla this week. We expect those middle the forwards, Paul Gallon and Nathan Brown, to duke it out and um, um, do a lot better. And remember the app, if you haven't already got it, and I know a lot of our listeners have, and we, we are pr- putting a few things up, or in the process of putting a few things up to explain some of the intricacies of it. Look, the smartest thing to do, if you're just looking at the best players for each round, is just look at the um, predicted best, and if you want to do it via the team's predicted teams, and just look at that predicted score. Um, scroll scroll across to predicted score. Um, that's the easiest way to determine who you want to put in your starting lineup. There's a lot of other great features there that we can go through in detail. Obviously, the dominated, some of the other predictors looking at costs, cost rises, cost falls, and we'll attempt to, to write up something about each of those. Um, they're very good for trade-ins, etc. But certainly, if you're looking at um, just simply, do I play this player over that player? If they're predicted to score higher than the other guy, then he's the one that goes into your lineup. That's sort of the simplest simplest way to look at it when it comes to, to this stage of year and looking at the 17. But again, with those trades, looking at the price rises for both this round and the following round, which will be up there, can be useful as well. And you can find our app, if you don't already have it, um, via our website, www.supercoachpros.com. Follow the links. You can follow it for, um, you can get it for Android or Apple. Um, and really, it's worthwhile if you're a Moneyball player, especially there's Moneyball stuff there. I know we've had numerous tweets from Moneyball players that own it just thanking us, saying, you know, great, you can make basically the cost of the app back. And uh, if you just like your Supercatch, if you just like this podcast, worst case, see it as, as the donation for the year for the free podcast, Pete. I mean, either way, you can actually get the podcast delivered straight to your phone every single week when you when you own the app. So, I mean, it's a no-brainer, mate. No matter what your interest, get the app. <laughs> Absolutely. And particularly, like, the Supercatch has just grown and grown and grown. And, you know, there's competitions all over the place and, you know, getting invites to go in all sorts of competitions and stuff. And, yeah, it's, yeah why not grab it, you know, as it's, as it, as it's grown? I think it's the, I think it's one of the best, well, I'm biased, of course, and it's a great product and uh, well done on, on putting it all together. Just a couple of tweets to go now. At Benj uh, asks, what are your thoughts on Jay? Jai Arrow, Ryan Madison and Corey Thompson. Um, he's got actually three questions here, so we'll start with that. Um, I guess I'll go... We talked a little bit about Arrow already, Pete. Ryan Madison's the conundrum. Again, edge player, 
I think some of the, the, the big tipsters there on there with the Telegraph had Madison as a sleeper pick. He's certainly done well at the moment, but he is crossing the try line. That's boosting his numbers. He was pushed out to left centre last week, and that's where he got his try. Um, he, you know, I don't think he'll play there, but you just don't know. Maybe with Tupo out for a while, the, you know, Robinson's looking to go that way. Is it, does it even help Madison or does it make it worse? What do you see from this guy? I mean, the kid can play. I'll give him. I'll definitely say that for him, um, but I'm, I'm not sure. Is he going to get enough opportunity there uh, at the Roosters? It's it's tricky to say this early in the seasons, but as you said, with the with the loss of Tupo, maybe we'll help him. Maybe we'll push him out another position um, further out in the back line and open up his opportunities to score. But you know that's going to reduce his 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 workload. Of, you know, a little bit further inside, so that's yeah, it's a bit six one half a dozen the other at the moment. Um, he's a bit wait and see for me at the moment. I think um, I think there's some some other options out there that are a little bit stronger for mine at this stage. Corey Thompson, look, Benj, I really like Corey Thompson last week. He got involved every time he could. It was a low-scoring low game and therefore a low-scoring supercoach game. At fullback, he might not get quite those massive scores that he was potentially going to get on the wing, but he also has a higher floor there. The fact is, a guy like Thompson will get involved, he'll push off a player, push off another player, get an offload, and what do you know? That's eight points, or plus the hit-up. If he can get to eight metres, that's ten points. For one play, and he's returning kicks all the time. Doing that, he's going to rack them up. His base, his initial score last um, oh, last weekend, I think, was in the thirties. By the time he got to the final, um, he ended up in the mid to high fifties. So that's what happens once they actually realise. Well, that's a tackle bust. That's a tackle bust. Him, Eason Masters, who I, I'm probably jumping ahead of you because I know you've got an Eason Masters question in this. Um, those two and Nofaluma are, make a big habit of it. James Tedesco used to do it when he was at the Tigers. I don't know if we're going to see him play that style at the Roosters. I think he's got a different style now. But uh, moving on to question two, can Esan Masters keep pumping out insane Invader points? Well, this seems to be the way that Wests play. They seem to like to get those the back three um, and back five getting involved. A lot of hit-ups for the Tigers' centres um, over the past year or two. Um, and Masters, he's just, like you say, he just gets out of tackles, he gets offloads, and he's just bringing them up. Um, finally, with price rises for most players next week, Benj asks, which cows do you think it will be too late to trade in next round? Well, the two we talked about earlier in the show, Pete, um, I guess Daly Cherry Evans is right up there. Sean Johnson is another one that, you know, he seems to be going well. Maybe he doesn't have the, the, the likely... He's not going to get the big money like... Um, Cherry Evans is Roger Tuovasashek I don't know if you're bothering bring him in just because your fullbacks are probably strong but obviously if you aren't he could be a guy um, and then Jonathan Thurston just the fact that he came in a bit underpriced heading into the season um, we talked about him as well so I think those guys but Pete what about um, a guy like Trent Merrin I mean we talked him up pre-season hopefully you got him in on the back of that but if you still weren't convinced, are you convinced now that this guy's an out-and-out keeper and a guy you just can't wait any longer on? Yeah, absolutely. Like, he's, he's become a real uh, big-minute player. Um, he's now got, for the season so far, he's got, what, a total of 
56 points, so he's averaging just under 80. So he's, he's sitting there on that consistent thing, you know, of about 80 points a game. Um, obviously, 1.5 points per minute. So, you know, um, and as you expect with the lucky lucky plating of 40-degree temperatures or something the other day, and you expect that the, the next few rounds that'll taper off a little bit. And so he might be able to even increase his minutes a bit further. Um, but, yeah, you, if you can get him in there, get him in there. He's, he's workaholic. He's, he doesn't touch wood. He doesn't get any injuries either. Um, so, no, I think he's, he's, a, he's a very, very good one to have. He's just going to keep going up and up. Finally, Craig asks, um, Craig Clark, TKO and Gallon to Tohu and Merrin. Tohu, I guess that might be Tohu Harris. Or is it a bigger priority to get rid of Katoa and Nichols to Sao and Semi? Um, it's not a priority to get rid of those cheap guys at this point. You're really trying to get the big price rises, and I don't think Sao and Sammy are guys that are really going to change your season. So probably you're not worrying about those guys. We just spoke about Merrin, um, so I think you can <laughs> you could take that same advice that we gave to Benj. Um, I don't know about Harris. I mean, I like Harris a lot as a player, and I like the Warriors a lot. I think they could have quite a few high, high, uh, well, right up there, super coach players. Um, still not sure if you want to go that way. You want to look at someone that's going to really get the big price rises. And I think those guys we mentioned earlier in the show, Kenna, Thompson, Havili, um, Kickout, maybe not so much, but those guys are due to do the highest. Peter Hiku, um, Slade Griffin, Jairo, Tavita Pengai, Herman SAS. I think they're the ones that are really looking at you're gonna you're gonna be happy you've got those guys, most of those guys in your lineup, barring injury. Um, that'd probably be the way I'd look, Pete, we are bang out of time. We have really like pushed it as as I guess was to be expected. Round three, always a lot to talk about, a lot of tweets to get through. Mate, thank you very much. We have gone into overtime. You're going to have to charge me double this week. Yes, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, mate, good luck again with the Dragons. You're not heading up to Toowoomba, are you? Nah, mate. Um, <laughs> not quite that keen. Um, I've got some other things on, so but no, I'll be cheering on from, from afar, but... Uh, yeah, it should be should be a good game, and I'm sure your sides will give a good account of themselves again on uh, up against the Broncos. And I will probably be back with Ryan next week, so I'll say Happy Easter. Um, get in early for that one because we'll probably be talking to you in a couple of weeks. But may thank you again for tonight. And um, of course, I'm Paul Rosetka, Pulley G. Download that app. That's all I can say. Um, this is the time to do it. It's round three. If you haven't done it yet, you need to do it now. You need to take advantage of those extra features we're going to be adding for the uh, price rises and price falls that um, are going to come in on the app this very week and do that and you'll be very happy you did get some of those big price rises before they bump and uh, that's all until next tuesday good luck with your super coach and for your team this round this weekend and we'll talk to you again next week bye for now